tell us about yourself and how you started the Breast Cancer Care Foundation. Okay, so I um, I came to Malawi 12 years ago uh, to be with my husband, who's from here. But I grew up in England, um, between England and Barbados, because my father's from England and my mother's from Barbados. So I had a very mixed upbringing, which was brilliant. Um, and when I moved here, I went into uh, female empowerment and sort of psychosocial elements um, projects, because that was the experience that I'd had uh, in the UK and in Barbados. Um, so I first started working with an organisation called Fountain of Life who provide free trauma counselling then for children who've been sexually abused. Um, but then with UNICEF at the One Stop Centre, we rolled out um, these centres in all the central hospitals up and down Malawi. So then we extended those services to um, adults, particularly women who've been sexually abused or in uh, domestic violence problems situations and then I had my two children so um, I was fortunate enough to kind of take a step back from work for a few years I had one after the other so I was very busy and then COVID hit and in amidst COVID um, I actually had some breast issues some breast health problems and I realized that um, breast cancer was a service that certainly wasn't um, up to scratch and it definitely needed um, some extra help and so I reached out to the breast cancer charity in Blantyre um, and offered you know some some help with with the experience that I'd had here that, that might have been of some use to them and then unfortunately sort of later down the line they actually shut down so I thought that I can do something which is better than nothing um, and so I opened up Breast Cancer Care Foundation and that was two years ago. And we um, we have a bi-weekly free breast cancer screening clinic at the Dream Centre in Mandala. Um, and that's an ultrasound machine. And we take this to rural places as well. And we do sort of um, awareness campaigns. And so within the last two years of operations, we've been able to screen over 2,500 people. So I think we're doing, we're making some change. We're, we're doing some good, but there's still an awful lot to do. Breast cancer is a major issue for women. It's the most common form of cancer worldwide, and it's the most likely way to die of cancer for women. So it's something that really needs a lot of time and energy, you know? Yeah, and I think that's why when we were reaching out to you and I was discussing with Chietza, we thought like this is something, a topic that should be discussed, not only in October, you know, it should be yeah. something that we always talk about, especially as women, because yeah. these are sort of like the silent killers, especially in Africa, we don't have the facilities that can assist us in terms of if we're diagnosed, what do we do next? Mm. So, so, Tabitha, what are some of the common factors that increase the risk of breast cancer? So age is a big one, um, particularly worldwide. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, the situation with breast cancer in Malawi, and as, as you mentioned, generally in Africa, is not great. We, there isn't a 
place. There isn't a sort of standardised form of practice. There aren't many services. Unfortunately, women's health in general in Malawi and in Africa, but specifically breast cancer, is at the bottom of the list. It's just not prioritised. And so it is it's it's actually really hard to understand what the statistics are in Malawi. But I can speak from Breast Cancer Care Foundation's clinic and to say that worldwide, the average age um, of of people being a, a higher risk would be sort of 48 and above. But in Malawi, our average age is 36. So it, it's definitely important for us to recognize that if we're sort of in our 30s we need to be doing our monthly breast checks and we need to be coming for screening every single year um unfortunately history family history and again because there just is not a lot of awareness it's quite hard for us to recognize if we have had breast cancer in our family often when we uh, speak to our clients and patients we say okay well you know Rather than saying, do you have a history of breast cancer in your family? What we say is, did your mother or your sister or your aunties or your grandmother ever, ever have any problems with their breasts and then go on to have illness? And then people will say, oh, actually, yes, this happened. Or no, you know, we don't know anything of that. But in order for us to know about that, it means that we need to be talking about it. And in order for us to be talking about it, we need to be aware of it. And, and for us to be checking ourselves, we need to know what we're looking for. And so that is just such an important part for us to be doing. So our risks are age, family history, um, and whether or not you've had issues in your breasts before, whether or not you've had lumps and bumps that the doctor need to biopsy or that, you know, people often hear sometimes incorrectly say, oh, you have a lump in your breast, take take Mankwala. So if that happens, then you're going to be at higher risk for um, potentially having issues with breast cancer in the future. And of course, none of those things say, oh, yes, you're going to have breast cancer. It just means that you are, you are someone that needs to be checking yourself more often and certainly coming for screening every single year. Okay. Yeah, that's a really statistic that you can get breast cancer as early as 36. I mean, you can get breast cancer in your 20s. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We really need to be spreading information about the ways that we need to be checking ourselves because early detection saves lives. And as you mentioned earlier, there, there are limited services for sure, but actually in Malawi, we do have life-saving in- intervention treatment options. Um, and we have an amazing group of survivors um, that have their own little community. We're, we're really pushing for survivorship culture so that people can recognize, check yourself regularly. This is what you're looking for. These are the places that you need to come for screening. You can have biopsies done. I mean, unfortunately, they're, they're absolutely not for free at all in Malawi and Breast Cancer Care Foundation have raised funds in order to provide um, biopsies for people um, who are not in the position where that's accessible at the moment and then you can go on to have mastectomy and you can go on to have chemotherapy so there absolutely are options here for us to save our lives but we must be checking ourselves and unfortunately what we're seeing um, specifically in Africa and also in African communities worldwide is that people do not have access to information about how to check yourself, when to 
to check yourself what you're looking for and where to seek services if you have problems and therefore people are only coming later on when um, when the cancer is presenting itself and as you said it, it generally is a silent killer because it doesn't tend to hurt um, and so it doesn't stand out in your body and again unless you are checking yourself there is no reason to think that you need to come from screening unless you've been informed that that's the practice that that's what we need to be doing as women so yeah, um, I, I would like yeah come on um Chieta. oh no i was actually about to say you know um i'm actually guilty of one of those that um 32 i don't even remember the last time i've actually been screened for breast cancer mm. and you know you speak about it now is actually bringing more awareness and more light to that issue that this mm. is something we've got to be even discussing with some of our peers within mm. our age groups because I don't think they're checking for, for those things. Mm, definitely and I, I my, I've got breast cancer um, in my family and unfortunately it's a it's a prominent um, cause of death in my family uh, and one of my aunts who I'm very close to she got diagnosed with breast cancer and even then I wasn't really actually paying that much attention to how I'm testing myself like how I'm checking myself and then when I came on to Breast Cancer Care Foundation, I actually did a diploma in breast cancer. I then learned how specific and, and important it is that, that we check ourselves well. And so one of the services that Breast Cancer Care Foundation actually provides is a, a self-breast check workshop. And we've actually been able to create posters that even Ministry of Health are using now in order to teach clinicians how to teach women to check themselves because there is a very specific way to do it. And so I urge, you know, you and your friends and family, come onto our socials, see the posters of, of what we're looking for, uh, which is five common things. And we're using our hand to check ourselves and we have five fingers on our hands. So that's that's the, the kind of reminder. The first is lumps and bumps. The second is skin texture change. You know, like if you've... Um, if it looks like you haven't put any cream on today and your skin just, even though when you are putting cream on, it doesn't get softer, it doesn't flatten. Um, or if it's lumpy and bumpy, like a lemon skin might be. If your if your skin looks number three would be if your skin looks like it's bruised if if you've you know like if you've had some trauma to to your skin and it, it looks like it's been bruised or as if um, as if it's it's had kind of like a, a cut on it and the fourth would be if your nipples have changed shape or if they've gone inside and the fifth is if there's any liquid coming out at all if we're not breastfeeding and if we're not pregnant so those are our five kind of indicators and again let me say these are not telling you that you have breast cancer these are just things that are telling you I must go and get screened I must go and see the doctor mm. oh, thank you for that thank and just in terms of um I don't know if we can call them patients like at what stage do people usually get diagnosed with cancer like most of the time, you probably hear like it's already stage three, stage four. Do you ever deal with people that actually catch it earlier on? Yeah, a lot. So um, we 
I'm, the last year we have done a massive, massive push um, for awareness because obviously when we first started, our budget was very small and so we weren't really able to reach as many people as we had liked to and then we were able to scale up this year. Um, and so like sending these posters, me getting in my car, putting them up on trees and taking them to schools <laughs> and doing as much as I possibly can to raise awareness, what that has actually done is lead people to specifically seek the screen and to seek our services and so those are the people who are coming in not just because they might have felt something but rather because they're aware that, that it's something that just needs to be done like maintenance you know like we have to brush our teeth every day okay we're not doing it necessarily because we've got a sore tooth we're just doing it because that's our, our health hygiene that's the same for breast cancer screening if we are female we need to be doing it every year and also when we're checking ourselves we need to be doing it every single month and it's usually if we have periods a week after our period and or if we don't then pick a number pick a date let's do number two so every second of every month we're going to be checking ourselves and we're just doing it for the sake of doing it for the sake of choosing health not because we have an issue so I would say that this year we've definitely seen people seeking the services but unfortunately I would say the majority of people that we have um had to refer for biopsy it's definitely because it has been in the mid to later stages wow um tabitha are men also at risk of having breast cancer so yeah 99 of people that are diagnosed with breast cancer are female um, and one percent of people that are diagnosed with breast cancer are male so I mean breast cancer is cancer that happens to be in the breast tissue um, and so breast tissue actually begins at the clavicle at the bottom of our neck all the way to our shoulder into our armpits obviously across our chest and then to our mid rib so anyone that has tissue in that area <laughs> um, can have breast cancer. So that, of course, includes men, but it is a much, much, much less likelihood. And I think one of my colleagues put it perfectly. Breast cancer in women is a public health issue and breast cancer in men is an unlikelihood. I'm just going to take you back a bit. You did mention that you've had... Um, members of your family like get diagnosed with breast cancer or die from breast cancer how does breast cancer affect quality of life and how did you offer assistance like um if how did you manage dealing with such in your family so living with breast cancer um is absolutely doable um the treatment is simple there is a formula you you especially in a country like us where we we have limited options you um either have the operation and then the chemotherapy or you have the chemotherapy and then the operation now after that um, you need to take medication. Some people it's for five years, some people it's for 10 years, some people 15, sometimes it's for life. So in countries where um, people either have access to medical insurance or the medical um, facilities are for free, that's, you know, that's something that is accessible and, and that saves people's lives. But in Malawi, unfortunately, the medication that you are to take after you've had the treatments is not free. 
Um, and so this is something that our survivors are obviously really struggling with. And there also just isn't a very free-flowing educational or informational relationship between the people who are providing the services, the treatments, the operation, and the clients, the patients. And so people often go home feeling confused, feeling unwell, not knowing if they're meant to feel unwell, not knowing how to look after their site post-mastectomy. Unfortunately, within the last six months, we've actually lost two of our survivors due to complications post-surgery. Now, not because there was anything wrong with the surgery, but because they just did not know what it was they were meant to be doing to look after their body, to look after their site after having such major surgery. And, and, and also just kind of immunity and, 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 and not being able to kind of eat foods that were able to help them heal and then eventually had too many infections that took their life. And these are really, really simple things. And so personally, uh, my aunt was in a position where she was able to access the education, the information and the treatment options. Um, and I think that if we have that option, if, if, if we are in a position where our family member has good medical um, medical intervention, then emotionally being there, checking in, are you feeling okay? Because even though you've already had the treatment and you've already had the operation and hallelujah, we should be celebrating your life and that you made it through, you are still having to face what happened because as soon as you're diagnosed, you need treatment immediately. So you're in a whirlwind. You don't have time to sit and be in a place of acceptance or speaking to your spiritual counsellor or, or leaning on friends and family or having time to cry you don't have that. You just have to get straight into, into treatment in order to save your life. And so after all of that is the time when your brain will have the chance to kind of process and accept what's happened. And I think checking in regularly just to say, hey, like, you know, I, I know that everything's happened. You, you may still be feeling positive and that's great. Um, I'm just here to say thinking of you and checking in in case you wanted to chat about anything. And then also the physical aspect of taking the medication, which is chemotherapy based. So, yes, you've had the chemotherapy. Some people are very lucky to receive radiation and having the treatment. But after that, you still have to take medication. You still have to take injections and, and, and oral pills every day. That's chemotherapy. That's still makes you feel yucky and not yourself and unable to sleep and hot flushes and not keep food down and so I think that after the major treatments often is when people drop away you know it's like okay thank goodness you're okay now but actually it's after those facts when people might emotionally spiritually physically and mentally kind of begin to understand what's really happened and then I forgot to actually mention that the greatest risk are actually people who have already had breast cancer. So the people who are at the highest risk of getting breast cancer are people who have already had it. So now living with the fear that it will come back again and that you will have to go through all of that again is also another aspect of it. So I would say that the mental, the, the mental load needs easing, you know. Um, and I would also say that in Malawi, uh, unfortunately, um, treatment and recovery looks different. So 
I think that physically being there for people when they go through the treatment, offering lifts, offering money, because you can go to Queens and seek the treatment, but you've you've got to get the money to go there. You've got to find the money to be there all day while seeking chemo. Maybe you don't jump on. Maybe you actually don't get to go on your station today. Maybe you need to come back again tomorrow because you there just wasn't enough options that day. And so you've also got to now pay for transport to go back home and then come about, come back again tomorrow. Maybe you're there all day. So now you need some lunch and you need company. It's, it's an unpleasant situation. It's simple, it's straightforward, but it's unpleasant, it's uncomfortable. And so the, the company of going with your friend or family member whilst they're seeking the treatment, offering a lift to get there or offering the funds for lunch that day. And then... If having the surgery, asking lots of questions for them, again, mentally, they're not going to be in a place where they're deciding to ask, okay, so what soap should I be using? How long should I come back? What food should I be eating or avoiding? What clothes can I wear or not? What exercise or activity should I be doing post-surgery? Being able to be there to ask those questions with the doctors is also really important because, again, you've just been diagnosed with breast cancer and tomorrow or next week you're about to have a major surgery and then go on chemotherapy your brain is not in a place where it's going to ask sensible questions because you are just trying to survive right now so being a friend or family member that can advocate that can ask the right questions to the to the medical team but also to them to check in and say hey is there anything that you need can i pick up your kids from school today i know that you've had chemo and you're not feeling great is can i cook a meal for you for the next week that's gonna you know suffice for your family like how, how are you doing is there anything i can do to help i i would say that is the best way to support someone you know just to just um i found that interesting because there's this lady um do you get the all clear to say you no longer have breast cancer and then you continue there is there's lots of different types of breast breast cancer at the moment there's seven that have sort of been officiated but um in Malawi, I, as I say, the services are very sporadic, and so um, it's not. A, it's, it's, there isn't a consistent process. Um, generally, as I say, I'm, I'm trying to promote survivorship culture. Generally, the feeling is that if I have made it through chemo, and if I have made it through the mastectomy. Um, then, then I've beat it. I'm, I'm doing okay. And the Mangwale is just kind of is a, a secondary thing. That's that's the way that people here have have understood it generally. Um, there is always the fear. I think people are aware that that it can come back again. So that is a major fear with our survivors. Is is the feeling that it will come back again? Um, I I have never heard here. Um, the the phrase all clear. I, I've n- I've not heard that here personally um, in the last two years that we've been operating. Uh, I know, like I say, with with friends and family outside of Malawi, um, yeah, you can depending on what type of cancer, you can say, okay, you've had your five years post treatment, and we can say that you're all clear. But unfortunately, um, a friend of mine actually in uh, the UK got the all clear about fifteen years ago, and unfortunately. Um, she has now secondary breast cancer in in the next breast. So breast cancer is a it's it's a it's a tough one. Um, that's why the 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 rates are so high. Um, 
and why it's something that as women we really should just be knowing about we should just know absolutely everything about this and it should it should be in schools it should be every time we see our doctor they should be asking us are you checking yourself have have you gone for your screening because it's just such a major issue for women and yet it just is not prioritized here and I just wanted to also just like with them with does diet have anything to do with with breast cancer? I know predominantly it's genetics and fam and hereditary, but does our diet um does it also enhance um you know the risk of breast cancer or let's say you're on a plant based diet does it reduce that have you ever heard anything along those lines so what I can say is that I know that this conversation has seemed very sort of heavy and doomy and gloomy, but there are things that we can do to reduce our risk of getting cancer full stop. Um, the biggest thing is reducing inflammation in our body. Cancer cells love inflammation because it means that then they can just spread. And so the way to reduce inflammation in our body is, and here, these are things that sound very easy to say and unfortunately not so easy to do <laughs> but reducing stress in our body and in our minds if we sleep well and we 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 are not um we're not living stress um because stress is one of the biggest ways of of spreading inflammation in our body um exercising of course so that again we can reduce inflammation in our body and yes eating well eating high fiber diets so that uh, toxins can be released and 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 and, um, uh, come out of our bodies very easily. Those are the things that's kind of the medical uh, suggestions that are given around food because, um, as I say, that cancer works in lots of different ways. And, and if we already have cancer cells in our bodies, the way that they're going to spread is if we're stressed, we're not eating well, we're not sleeping, and we don't do any exercise because, of course, then our body remains inflamed and, and unhappy and they just get to go full blast. So, those are the things that are recommended. Uh, uh, for us to be reducing cancer all round in our bodies. Thank you so much for that, Tabitha. I think um, there's just so much information and with this episode, we've just learned so much from you in this very short time. So just a, a question, as individuals, how can how can we help other women to be aware of this of this disease breast cancer i think the best thing that we can do as women and something that in malawi <laughs> and malawian women can do so beautifully is spending time together and chatting right um i think that a stigma things being taboo are often um ways to um, disempower women and, and to have women believe that they don't matter and to have women believe that their bodies aren't important and that checking themselves is luxurious and kind of just idle. Um, this, is, this is something that I've heard quite often, particularly when we've done rural outreaches. And so the greatest thing that I am urging us just as women generally to do 
is to say to each other, you know, your health matters. You know why your health matters? Because you matter. You are important. You have value. People need you. You are wonderful. You you are important. And because of those things, you should be checking yourself every month. You deserve to do that because you deserve to be here and because you are needed and you are wonderful. Check yourself every single month because you are important, because you are valuable. Check yourself every month because you might have children who need you around. Check yourself every month because you have a sister and a mother and an auntie and a cousin who love you and who want you around. You are important. Your body matters. Let's talk to each other about this. Let's not let's not say that, oh, well, you know, it's more important that we do this, this and this for the men around us and for our children and for our community and for whichever, whichever place of faith we belong to. Let us own ourselves, our body and our health because no one else is coming to do it for us. So it is important for us to remind each other, please check yourself. I checked myself and I found this. And the other thing to remember is if you are checking yourself every single month, you are the person who knows your body better, not a doctor, not a clinician. You are the one who knows what is normal and not normal for you. We all have lumps and bumps. One person's nipple on the left side is going to look different from the nipple on the right side. One person's breast is going to be much denser on one side than the other side. For me, that is normal. But next month when I check that something looks out of place or feels different then I'm going to know okay well it's me that knows that last month and the month before and the month before that that was not normal but then where am I going to go? Oh, I know. I'm going to chat to my friend about this because it isn't a taboo because I matter. My body is important. I am important. I'm going to chat to her about it. And she's going to tell me, well, when that happened to her and she checked herself six months ago, she went to the Dream Center to Breast Cancer Care Foundation Clinic and she got checked. And they said, you know what? That's normal. But, you know, come next time if it gets bigger. And then I went back again and it got a bit bigger. And then I went and I had a biopsy and everything was fine. But if we talk to each other and we don't do this thing where we pretend like we are not powerful and we are not important and that our bodies don't matter and we let society tell us that we don't get to check ourselves, that there was always something more important to do, then we're never going to talk to each other and we're never going to be able to pass on this information about where to go to and about the time my mother went and she was so worried, but it turned out everything was fine and it just happened to be an abnormality in her body that day. And that so-and-so went and they got screened and it didn't hurt and it took five minutes and then she was able to go straight back to work again. We must talk to each other. And if we can do that, then we're doing each other a service and we are creating a culture where we are not fearful of choosing ourselves. Honestly, I love that, that we should, as women, have those conversations, you know. Chiedza, do you have anything to share? No, I, I, I learned so much, you know, in terms of checking yeah. myself, so talking to other women about it and like she's saying we discuss other issues but we never really discuss about our body and you know, how to help ourselves as women and it's so powerful that we can actually do this for ourselves absolutely we can do it every month we most of us have hands available with five fingers on them our hands are totally free <laughs> like use that service that you're providing your own body we are born with everything we need use it do it and remind each other to do it 
often, once a month, a week after our period, or choose whichever date. And we're doing it every single month. And we are going to find lumps and bumps. We are going to find things that feel peculiar. But next month, you'll find those same lumps and bumps because guess what? They belong to your body. And the next month, and the next month, and the next month. And if you find something that wasn't there before or it's changed shape or it feels different, come to Breast Cancer Care Foundation Clinic at the Dream Center every Wednesday and Friday. Come and ask us, like, I, especially as someone that has breast cancer in my family, I'm high risk. And then especially someone that has had issues with their breast before, I'm high risk. I constantly, <laughs> with every six months, I'm like, all right, let me just double check. Is this normal? Like, you know, why not? It's free. It takes five minutes. Just come. Just come. And we have a wonderful nurse assistants who, who sit and specifically teach every single person that walks through our door how to do self-breast checks, what to be looking out for. And as I say, on our socials, there are loads of information posters about what to be looking for, how to be looking for. And you can obviously screenshot them and send them and share them to groups. Like, be an advocate. Let's, let's hold each other up, guys. This is a major issue for women. This is, like I say, it is... It, Breast cancer accounts for 30% of all cancers. It's the most common form of cancer worldwide. It's the most common way to die of cancer. And yet, with early detection, your life will be saved and you can go on to live a very, very normal, happy, healthy life. There is no need to, for, for women to be coming so late on, you know? Thank you so much, Tabitha. We have learned so much from you. I'm sure we could go on and on talking about it because there's just so much to know and so much to learn. But thank you so much for sparing this time to have this conversation with us. And any parting words for our listeners and any questions you may have for our listeners? Just to say, um, again, thank you so much for this opportunity. And as you mentioned, breast cancer doesn't just exist in October. Breast cancer is an everyday potential. It's an everyday risk. And so for us to, to provide this information to people um, is, is, is such a wonderful honor. Thank you for that. Um, and of course, if, if anyone has any questions, please feel free to contact bccfmalawi at gmail.com um, or on our social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact us directly on plus two six five zero nine eight two five four zero. Uh, six seven and that's the way that you can kind of get in touch with us um, and ask questions but as I say we have a clinic every Wednesday every Friday at the dream center in the morning um, and and no questions are unwelcome no questions are silly please just feel free to get in touch and 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 find information that you feel will be helpful to you thank you so much Tabitha Chesa do you have anything to say before we close no. No, it's amazing. And she's giving us all her contact information. So I don't think we have any more excuses, to be honest. Yes, <laughs> no, no excuses. Yeah. Thanks again. This is so wonderful. I really appreciate it. And I love the work you guys do. Thank you for this. Thank you so Thanks. much, Tabitha. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Okay, bye. bye.